It's August 1992, and Sean Lee Perry and a friend are playing outside on her huge piece of property like they had done so many times before. The two were exploring Sean Lee's backyard where an old abandoned church sat. Around this time in Earth, Texas, where Sean Lee lived, the population was only 1,200 people, which has been on the decline ever since. As of 2021, the population in Earth is just over 900 people. So this one's small town is now a super tiny town, like really small. When I was on Google Maps, I was able to find a convenience store, a park, a city hall, and a fire station. And that was pretty much it. Life in Earth was simple. Lots of open spaces. Everybody knew everybody. Definitely the kind of place where locking your doors wasn't even a thought on your mind. And mothers, they could leave their children inside of running cars while they went into grocery stores. The simple life is what they were living in Earth back in 1992. And they're probably still living that simple life today now that they have 300 less people. Virtually no crime ever occurred in Earth, which just has to be one of the sweetest places to live if you can imagine just strolling through the town in your rose-colored glasses with not a care in the world. So when Sean Lee went missing from her yard while she was playing with friends, this sent the community into an absolute panic. Everyone came together to find this five-year-old, blonde-haired, blue-eyed little girl. Questions just were coming from left and the right. Where is she? Where could she have gone? The thought of somebody taking her was not even possible. She had to be around there somewhere, and maybe she was injured. So the entire community came out, jumping into their trucks, hopping on their tractors, searching just every square inch of their properties. There wasn't a square inch of land that was not searched for Sean Lee, including every single dumpster in the town. Posters with her sweet face on them are plastered all around the city, and her friends, family, and even strangers vowed that they would not sleep until Sean Lee was home safe. Searches continued throughout the town, and everyone came out, and a lot of people noticed one person in particular who was standing out to them. This person was involved in the search, but was really annoyed and acting very uninterested in all of the efforts that were going on. His name was Eddie Routon, a career criminal, but we're not going to go into too much about Eddie just yet. We'll get back to him a little bit later. Very few leads were coming in in Sean Lee's case, which made law enforcement's job very difficult. It would not be until three and a half months later that Sean Lee would be found just five miles outside of the town of Earth, fairly close to her home. Homicide was immediately suspected in Sean Lee's death, and it would be some time before pathologists would be able to determine how she passed away due to the condition of her body. And as you can imagine, word of a local farmer discovering Sean Lee's remains in a grass pasture spread faster than a wildfire throughout the small town, absolutely breaking every member of the community's hearts. Kids and children went from adoring their small town and their community to fearing going outside, fearing unfamiliar faces, which was a far cry from growing up, sharing smiles with virtually everyone that you pass, and waving to the most unfamiliar faces, and even stopping to strike up conversation with strangers. When Sean Lee's family heard the news, they immediately went into hiding. The pain and the anguish that they found was just too much for them to take. Sean Lee's mother could not have imagined that her daughter's disappearance would come to an end like this. 
She had even gone out to buy all of the school supplies that Sean Lee would need for her first day of kindergarten that fall. She never gave up hope, and either did anybody. Things like this didn't happen in Earth. There was no way. Eddie Routon, that career criminal who had hard feelings towards all of the search efforts for Sean Lee, he was a registered sex offender, and so he was questioned, and all of his possessions were searched. A stuffed animal was found within all of his stuff, which was very out of place. So they have it tested. And this test is going to give law enforcement the big break that they had been looking for. Sean Lee's saliva was found on that stuffed animal, linking Eddie directly to Sean Lee's kidnapping and murder. In December 1999, Eddie's conviction came back from the jurors in record time. It only took jurors one hour to agree that Eddie was worthy of a death sentence. While in a Lamb County jail, Eddie preyed on an inmate who went by the pseudonym of J.L., assaulting him in the most horrific of ways. Eddie had promised to play dominoes with J.L. and read the Bible with him anytime he wanted to if J.L. asked the jail to please house the two men together, which the jail ended up granting this request. So as if this story so far isn't fucked up enough, it's about to get pretty crazy. So one day, Eddie is violently assaulting JL. And I don't think I need to go in the details. I'm sure you guys can like paint a mental picture. But Eddie was able to get away with this because the jail guard on duty that should have been watching over Eddie, JL, and like that whole unit was in another area of the jail raping an unidentified prisoner at the same exact time. I say they put that correctional officer in front of the jury that gave Eddie a death sentence and see what they have left to give him. Or we can house Eddie and him together. How about that? They could take care of each other. They are disgusting monsters. The jail guard would go on to plead guilty, but would only receive a slap on the wrist, just five years of probation, and a restitution fee of just over $287,000 that was to be paid out to JL for this incident. And the charges against Eddie for the rape of JL ended up being dropped, which is total BS. I don't care if he already has a death sentence. Like, we can't let people get away with this kind of stuff. And Mother Nature didn't. She took care of Eddie in 2001 while he was awaiting execution. Eddie died of a heart attack in the Terrell unit of a Livingston, Texas prison. So apparently Eddie had been complaining about chest pains for about two days prior to his death. And the nurse on staff just told him that it was heartburn and treated his symptoms with a little bit of Tylenol. Now, I am not condoning the unfair treatment of prisoners, but in this case, I am because screw Eddie. So all of the staff inside the prison... They were able to ignore Eddie for some time before he became so disruptive that they opened his cell, handcuffed him, and they were walking him down to the medical office to see what was going on. Well, Eddie didn't make it halfway from his cell to that medical office before he dropped dead in a hallway. His remains were unclaimed and therefore the Texas Department of Corrections cremated him and hopefully just like flushed him down a toilet or something. 
So not much was written about this case, and the very few articles that are out there have a lot of conflicting information. In some ways, it bothered me because I felt like Eddie's life after the murder was more documented than Sean Lee's life, but I also know that her family just suffered such great pains, so they probably didn't do like all the interviews and meeting with the newspaper and things like that. So it's going to be up to us, you guys, to keep Sean Lee's memory alive. I want to thank you guys so much for joining me today on Those Murder Girls podcast. I will be back next week with a brand new episode. Bye, guys.